welcome to Talking It Through from A to Z with Amy Z. This is podcast episode number two. If you miss number one, it is just a little bit of this and a little bit of that about me and what we're going to do and why I've decided to be a podcaster. Um, so episode two now is going to talk about finances. So in the first episode, we discussed a lot about just stupid stuff. Me, whether you, you might not like me, you might be like, eh, I'll give her one more episode. Well, here's one more shot at talking it through some stuff. And we're going to talk about finances today. And really it's not, um, good or bad or the ugly, but my story. So for a while, we're just going to kind of get to know me, I guess, so that you have an inkling of whether or not I'm at all interesting. Because, you know, there's a couple people on the planet that like me, but if you don't, cool, don't listen anymore. If you're interested, if you're curious, if you just like to shoot the shit with somebody and feel like you have a friend in St. Louis, I'm here too. So what happened to the Mike and Amy saga and why we ended up in St. Louis? Well, it started off um, in, let's see, we got married in 1997. My husband was working a union job as a carpenter and doing pretty stinking well for himself. (laughs) Then he met me and he had just bought a house and it was like five blocks away from where I grew up, perfect location, Um, I'm an amazing man, he had a really decent income and a nice chunk of change in savings, and boy did that drizzle away. First kid, not a huge issue, you have a kid, they just kind of come along, they do your thing, you still eat out, you can vacation, you kind of figure out all that other extra stuff. Um, she even got to go to private schools. Like we had, it was, there's a nice little budget going on. I worked for a while. Um, not while I planned my wedding, but I, I was going to school a little bit, working a little bit. Definitely. We had some disposable income to uh, work around with. Then we decided to have more kids. Ugh. They sure do suck the life out of your finances. That's another episode. We're going to talk about kids in general and that kind of stuff later. But, you know, you were, you figure it out, right? I mean, we wanted them. We, we planned them. We had them. We figured that crap out. Here's where it gets interesting in Mike and Amy's story. The economy was kind of crazy. Like the housing market, we, if you live through it, you remember it probably pretty clearly. Things were getting nuts, right? Um, It was almost like everybody suddenly was wealthy and could do things that they couldn't otherwise do. And people's homes were like McMansions all over the place. So if you didn't have one, you were remodeling to have one. If not, you were building one. And um, yeah, things just really exploded during that time. So Mike and I decided to become a little bit more, um, take, take advantage of this opportunity. We did not, however, move. So this housing 
thing is going crazy. We stayed in our same house. We had actually already done a pretty big addition on that. Um, we had extended back about 12 feet. We converted the garage to a family room and we put on a second story. So we pretty much gutted our house while we lived in it. That's definitely going to be an episode to talk about. Some people don't even live, their marriages do not make it through construction time. Um, we actually lived in it, survived it, and I think our marriage actually thrived. We learned a lot about each other. We did that in the first couple years we were married. So we did not um, take advantage of buying a bigger, better house because we actually already had done that. But we did find a rental house, which was just down the alley from us. Driven past it probably a hundred million times. Never paid attention to one day a girlfriend and I were walking past. And I was like, man, what's up with that thing? It had been sitting vacant uh, for a, whew, probably a good decade or more, maybe. The town apparently couldn't find the owner and it was just in a shambles. So what does it look like to Mike and Amy, but a nice little project. And it was a, it was a, $30,000 investment. It was 40000 It was not much money. So how could you say no when it's right down the alley, your kids are little, your husband knows what he's doing, and it just seemed like a, a prime opportunity during this housing crazy, right? We thought, okay, we buy it for 40000 We put in a good sixty. We can still flip it for, you know, a good 200,000, maybe under that, but we knew we could get around 200,000 for it. So we thought this is, they're, they're stupid. We would be stupid people not to invest in this. Little did we know that what was to come next. And in the Chicagoland area, it was kind of like the San Francisco and the Phoenixes in the, uh, or I should say California in general, the, the major markets got hit hard sooner and harder than a lot of the other little towns across America. So we buy this rental house, we gutted it, we flipped it, and we wanted to rent it out. We rented it out for a while. Uh, the renters decided to move. We could we could maybe talk about that later. I got to get some permissions in there uh, to discuss some of those. So the house was a three bedroom, one and a half bath, full basement. See, we converted the garage, so there was it was at least a two-car garage with a nice little like officey space there. Um, decent, decent house, uh, old. It used to be a schoolhouse, the original schoolhouse in the town that we lived in, and so you know they had to be completely gutted. We had to rip out the walls and insulate and do all that jazz. So there was a lot of work. It looked nice when it was done. Rented it for about eleven months, and it sat. We decided we were going to just sell it. We had little kids. We wanted. We had already started. We had started a construction company also during that time frame of after we bought the house and fixed the house up. So we're like all in, right? We're all in this this amazing market of housing and needs and things. And so, lo and behold, market crashes. Houses are not selling, and they're definitely not selling for what they were selling. People are not buying. So this rental house sits on the market for 11 months. That time, our construction company wasn't doing terrible. People were still hiring my husband because he's an amazing carpenter. That could be 12 episodes in and of itself. He really is a very good carpenter. So people were hiring him, but clearly the money wasn't there where it used to be and people weren't 
like wanting to redo a kitchen for 40, 50 grand. Uh, it was more like, hey, my porch is falling off. Could you um, put this post up for 20 bucks? <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of stuff. And then, um, oh, by the way, my stairs are falling off the back deck, but I don't have the money this week, next week, or the week after that to pay you. Oops. And then I forgot three months later asking people to come up with the cash. So there was also that too. So here we are, we've got the construction company that's alive but barely breathing. We have a rental house that's on the market. We have our house. We have credit cards maxed out completely. Um, it literally was to the point where my son comes down the stairs. He's two at this time. He had one pair of sandals that fit his feet and they really didn't. And he said, mommy, my feet hurt. And I couldn't even go to Payless and get him a pair of shoes. That's how broke we were. We had like no food in the fridge. I would literally sometimes pray during a church service for somebody to invite us over for dinner, for lunch, because we had nothing. Um, I can go into an expanse on that later. We'll talk about um, the things I learned and what we did to survive in that time, but that's, we were pretty flat broke. And here we were, we had a gorgeous, newly done, additioned, beautiful home. We had a rental home. We had two very new cars. I was driving a brand new Honda Pilot when they just come out. And my husband had a brand new uh, truck and for his company. I mean, we didn't look like we were broke, but my God, we couldn't breathe. Like there the bank was calling constantly to have us just talk to a financial advisor to see if we could um, work something out. I think they were just happy that we gave them anything and they weren't going to foreclose on us just yet. Um, then our the bank with the rental house was giving us two weeks and then we were going to turn our keys in. And once we turned the keys in, then basically it wasn't going to look like a foreclosure on our record, but basically it was. I mean, in hindsight, it, it was all the same, right? Short sale, long sale, whatever the sale, you're in the crapper, you got to get out quick. So here comes Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina comes, friggin' wipes out Louisiana, right? I mean, we were the, if you were there and you remember, it was horrific, the stuff that happened. Well, I heard about, I think it was HUD, and it was a government program looking for houses for people all over the country to help resettle them. They knew that this was going to be a long time coming for these people to even rebuild, but that more importantly, they might never be able to, with the levees and all that was going on down there, actually rebuild some of these neighborhoods. So here we have a house completely empty. I was like, I, I came to Mike one day and I said, let's, could, let's just fill it with furniture. Let's see if we can get people to donate stuff and give it to the government. At least the government would then subsidize the, the mortgage on it and we could breathe a little bit, right? While it's sitting there, it's just sitting there for sale. Nothing's happening. Let's at least try with the government, give it to them and be done with it. So we did, we just kind of, this is before social media, we just word of mouth, hey, this is a situation with this house. We're going to give it to a HUD family or government family, anybody from Katrina. 
stuff poured in everywhere. I mean, I had a dining room table. I had the house was full of furniture, mattresses, dressers, everything you could think of down to like cookies in a cookie jar, um, a beautiful Civil War set, like everything, games, board games. People gave us a computer, all kinds of stuff in this house. We had three families come through it from the Katrina disaster. First was a couple and they said the house was too big. Okay. Second couple came through. It didn't have a fence and yard. Didn't want it. Okay. Third couple had little kids and it was on too busy of a street. I was like, what in God's name is happening? I have a freaking free house, right? The government's going to pay for you to, to, to live here and you don't want it. I was like, what, what's going on in my world? So we had now two weeks seriously to give the keys to this bank. Now it's fully loaded with furniture. So I don't know what they're going to do with it then. And I get a call in the middle of the night. Uh, no, it's in the morning, but in the middle of the night, I, uh, this family at our kids school had a fire in their house and lost everything. They were lucky, very, very lucky to get out alive. Uh, one of their bo- one of their boys was severely handicapped, so wheelchair bound, and they actually got him out as well. Uh, but that caused a lot of damage even to um, the dad's lungs because he had to go in and just horrific story, right? Just tragedy, but redemption in that that the principal called me the next day and said, "Hey, last night this is what happened. Um, we heard you have a house. <laughs> Did I have a house? I had a house." a block from the school that our kids went to and the house was fully furnished, ready to go. The family did not want to stay there that night. No big deal. Cause they were smoky and they hadn't wanted to just get cleaned up. So they stayed in a hotel, but that very big, I think it was the very next day. It was within, um, it felt like hours. The insurance company cut us a check uh, for a good 90 days for them to live there. And we got a premium because it was fully furnished. They ended up buying the house from us and staying there. Um, they actually hired Mike to build a ramp for their wheelchair, their son that was in a wheelchair. So he got paid to work in his own stinking house. Um, and it, that and it, that was able to get us out of then that mortgage uh, crisis. It was able to get our cars out uh, that were about to be repossessed out of that crisis. And our kids were free and clear to be at the school without any stress coming home with, hey, have you paid your bill yet? Because they were in a private school. Miracle. Absolute freaking miracle. We freaked out, though. We were just like, we can't, this can't go on. Life can't go on like this. We decided to put our house on the market, sold it to the first people that saw it, and we fled. We got out. We, We went to St. Louis. It was close enough to home. And it was not in a market that was hurt as badly as a lot of others. And we just needed a fresh start. Um, but with that, we were still in, we were still kind of in crisis mode because we had no savings anymore. We had no one in St. Louis. We had no money, no, nothing down, no down payment to even get another house. We, um, and we had credit card debt through the roof, like maxed out everything. So with that, Mike ended up taking a 
job with a traveling construction company. So they went into like Walgreens overnight and Starbucks and they did a bunch of different things all over the country. And so we'll talk about that in another episode too, but how, you know, he was gone for nine months and what that's like with a traveling spouse or somebody that's close to you and, and how you get through that. Maybe we won't, who knows? Maybe we won't want to talk about that, but it was a really extremely rough time. We rented a condo in St. Louis and it sucked. Partiers next door to three out in the morning and I had kids and they would trash our stuff and it sucked. God opened some doors and we will, we will definitely talk about the religious aspect of all that went on with the rental home, with our home and the transition to St. Louis. And, um, I will tell you right now, I've, I've got a lot of questions about the church and there's a lot going on being that I was born and raised in a Protestant church and my husband was raised Catholic and that dynamic on top of when you are, something is so ingrained in you and then things get stripped away and your eyes get opened in different ways. So uh, I'm, I'm, I, listen, I say all that to say that I'm not where I am today, where I was 20, 30 years ago, but that's not a bad thing. And we were going to talk about that, but I will say this. God moved in this situation and we um, have so many more stories to go along with the move to St. Louis and how he handled that and what he did for us and crazy like serious miracles stuff happened. We will definitely talk about that if you're interested. Uh, Again, I will try and label all of my podcasts accordingly so that you can pick and choose what you like because I'm not always so much fun to listen to once a week. I get it. I totally get it. And I want to be funny. I feel like I got freaking sad stories going on lately. Like episode one, oh, woe is me. Look at me. I'm going to be a podcast lady. And now it's, oh, we suck. Finances suck. It's hard. No, we have a lot of funny things that I want to talk about too. But this, again, is just sort of a series on hear me out. Here's some of my stories you might be interested in continuing on and you might not care. And for some people who do know me, who didn't know our story and we've just been cool acquaintances. Now you kind of get to know a little bit. Um, but yeah, so just, a it was a long road for a solid 11 years, 12 years. It was a long road back to, um, being able to breathe again in our finances. And we will definitely talk about that along the lines of some other stuff too, but I really appreciate you for taking the time to listen to me and me talking. And I hope you're learning something. I hope you're um, connecting to me in some way and maybe relating and maybe it'll help you. If anything, if this podcast is anything, I wanted to just sort of help people know that you're not alone. I mean, all of us go through stuff and it's how we get through that stuff together or by ourselves that determines a lot of, of the future things, you know, are we going to let it over, um, take us or are we going to let it, um, define us? Are we going to let it, um, you know, help just develop us and our character as human beings. That's really what this is. I'm hoping this podcast does is really help connect one another to know that you're not alone. We all have crazy stuff. And some days I really hope to make you laugh. We'll get there. Don't forget, if your heart desires, please email me nice comments or questions or topics of discussion you'd like to talk about. It's A to Z with Amy Z at gmail.com. 
So the tip for this week is listen to what your heart is saying, but don't forget to check it over in your head before it's too late and you act on it. Peace out.